everybody, it's TV personality and host of The List, Christina Guerrero, and you are listening to Life After the Crown with Tim Tialdo. Hey everybody, welcome to the Life After the Crown podcast, where each episode I bring you interviews with former pageant contestants, title holders, and women of influence who are now succeeding across many different industries in the real world. My name is Tim Tialdo, TV and pageant host, entrepreneur, author, and somebody who just wants to help you become better. Now, if you're wondering what life looks like after pageants, the advice, the stories, and the interviews that you hear on this podcast will not only inspire you, but help make your transition from pageants to professional life a bit easier to handle. So if this is your first time listening, thanks for tuning in. We're glad you're with us. Let's get started. My guest today is an internationally recognized pop culture expert, having been a host and correspondent on E! News for six years. She spent her career on the red carpets asking the hard-hitting entertainment questions like, you know, what are you wearing and who are you dating? She has interviewed the likes of George Clooney, Sandra Bullock, Julia Roberts, and she currently hosts the syndicated lifestyle show, The List. In addition, she is an Emmy nominee, a published writer, an actor, and a producer where her work on Eva Longoria's ESPN documentary, Go Sebastian Go, prepared at the Tribeca Film Festival. She also just completed co-creating and co-writing her first pilot script, Adelting, with her husband. She resides in Los Angeles and Phoenix, Arizona, with her husband, Gibby, son, Mateo, and dog, Jeter. Christina Guerrero, welcome to the podcast, and congrats on such a successful career so far. Thank you so much. When you put it all like that, I'm just like, wow, when do I retire? <laughs> well, yeah, gosh, I mean, I think it's a long time before you do that. But, uh, you know, you and I share something in common. We both worked at Access Hollywood kind of right out of college. Talk about you know, where your career started and how you've got to where you are right now. Well, I mean, I've always wanted to be in television. I wanted to be in front of the camera since as far back as I can remember. And, um, you know, when little girls were watching Barbie, you know, playing with Barbie dolls, I was watching Mary Hard on Entertainment Tonight and just longing for this career in Hollywood and red carpets. And so, you know, I, I did the Hollywood cliche when I was 19 and packed up my bag and left my small town and moved to Hollywood and ended up at uh, USC where I graduated with a degree in broadcast journalism. But my, my real success and, and I really my early success is attributed to all of the grinds that I did when I was uh interning and a production assistant at four o'clock in the morning and getting ripping scripts and getting coffee for executive producers and talent. And that was my opportunity to really, uh, to pay attention, to kind of learn behind the scenes. I just, I always figured in order to be great in front of the camera, I should be great behind the camera. And that was kind of my strategy. And, um, I wanted to work on the red carpet. So a lot of people, as you know, go to college uh, with a broadcast journalism degree and they're told to go to, you know, Billings, Montana or Midland, Texas, these smaller markets. And I thought that was great for the people who wanted to do that. But for me, I always wanted to work in Hollywood. So I started, you know, being a production assistant on, on red carpets. Anytime that I could get myself on a red carpet to interview a celebrity, I did that. And so by the time I graduated from college, I had a, a reel uh, with some, um, pretty cool celebrity interviews before I even graduated college. So that is how my the early part of my career pre being on TV kind of started. 
You and I are kindred spirits in that regard. I'm t- you, said, you said so many things that were exactly like me. You were watching Mary Hart. When I was yeah. 13 or 14, I was watching John Tesh and Bob Gowen <laughs> on the same show going, I would love to do that someday. Right. And sure enough, right out of college, I got an internship at Access Hollywood working for, as you know, Rob Silverstein. Um, he and I would be the only ones to show up at 4 o'clock in the morning. I would give him the trade papers. He would start reading and getting the shows ready. And, yeah, I ended up traveling that route that you talked about that most people don't like to. Um, I ended up not in Billings, Montana, but Clarksburg, West Virginia. Let me tell you, I loved it. Yes. Not, not, not at all. I hated it. No, I hated no, every moment of it. Well, I do I do appreciate because I talk to interns now and or production assistants who have gone on to do the smaller markets. And I always I do think it's a great opportunity to this is the time to make the mistakes. This is the time when not very many people are watching or or, or judging you per se. And so this is the time to go out and have have a good time because once once you get to the big times, man, the pressure, I'll tell you what, is not easy to, to deal with sometimes. But I always think that it's, you know, I didn't take that route, but it's, you know, I think it's a it's still, you know, a good notch on the on the board for sure. Well, let's uh, tell the audience a little bit about uh, why you are on here now. As you obviously know, you you never did a pageant. You aren't a former pageant contestant or title holder, but you fall into what I call the women of influence category um, in the pageant world. Your job, literally your job, is probably one of the most sought-after type of careers that you know many of these girls want to do when they graduate from the pageant world. And sure. so, you know, I think when they hear you and see you and watch you, they're going, how the heck do I get to become Christina Guerrero? Maybe just right. some advice for those girls who are either in high school or college right now and saying, I want to do what she does one day. Well, I will tell you, you know, and I kind of started the the podcast with this, is it really took a lot of um, hustle and a lot of grind in the very beginning. You know, I was never above getting coffee for somebody. I was never above changing the copy machine paper. I went in there to learn and to pay attention. And I had to do these things. I had to pay my dues and do these things in order to work my way up. I, w- I need to do these things so that people took me seriously. Um, you know, I think a lot of times, uh, you know, women, women can get, you know, kind of get a bad rap, like, oh, you're cute and you're pretty and you think you can just be on TV. So I feel like there has to be this work ethic and this going above and beyond to prove that, Hey, I'm in it because I'm I can be great at this. What you're talking about, I believe I believe there's a name for it. I think they call it news Barbie. Does that sound about right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, and 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 I understand that like I get that. You know, I went to University of Southern California. I was in the broadcasting program and um there was a lot of there were there were a lot of people who were in that program who eventually realized that it's a lot of schlepping work. And ultimately went off to be to the theater department. They wanted to be actresses or whatever the case may be. And, and that's great. But there's a lot of it's not all glitz and glamour uh, when it comes to broadcasting or, or being in this in this business. Certainly as a person who ended up at E and on the red carpet with glitz and glamour, it certainly can come with the territory. But even then, there's still a lot of work that goes into that goes into it. Well, let's talk about your degree at, at USC. So you got a broadcast journalism degree, and there's a lot of people getting those degrees right now, thinking I'm going to get into a job. And when they think of the word journalism, they automatically think news. Um, right. Journalism is so much more than news. But talk about how you parlayed that into a career in hosting, not just getting being uh, becoming a news anchor. A news anchor, yeah. I always thought that I had a, um, you know, from the time that I was very little, my mom used to tell me to stop talking to strangers because I will talk to anybody. I would, I just have a natural, inquisitive nature, and 
Um, I'm a people person. I love being around people. And so I always knew that being a newscaster wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. So when I went to journalism school, I always had my eye on the prize. I always knew that it was entertainment journalism and being a TV personality that I wanted to become. And so I not only studied broadcast journalism, but yes, at USC, you can get a minor in the entertainment industry. And so I wrote papers, like wrote a thesis on why Britney Spears matters in 2002. (laughs) (laughs) And in my defense, it's 2018 or 2019, rather in my defense, it's 2019 and she's still relevant. So (laughs) somehow she is. So yeah, exactly. Somehow she is. Yeah. So I, you know, I also was in the communications program and what in at the University of Washington when I first started and realized that if I wanted to work in Hollywood, that I needed to be in Hollywood and I needed to get my foot in the door any way that I could. And so interning at in the entertainment department at Fox 11 News in Los Angeles was kind of the route that I took. And, you know, interviewing, you know, going to junkets with, you know, junkets, I'm not sure if you're... If oh, you're yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're familiar with them, but I wasn't sure if your audience was familiar with movie junkets where the stars all get together in these hotel rooms to promote their movies. And so I just, you know, I made myself available to any entertainment opportunity that I possibly could. I made friends with producers who would produce entertainment. I made friends with entertainment anchors and entertainment journalists. And I just wanted to, to learn the ways. So you hosted a show in San Antonio, Texas called Great Day San Antonio. Um, my show in St. Louis, Great Day St. Louis, was modeled after your show, your specific show. They, I remember them showing me the tape and saying, this is Christina Guerrero. We want you to be like her. And I was like, okay. <laughs> You're <laughs> like, but she's really green and she's I, not quite polished. But and I she's not was... male. So how am I going to do this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, there's that part too. <laughs> but um, where, so where did, the, where did the path take you away from L.A. to San Antonio and then eventually kind of getting back there? Yeah, so um, – so as I, as, as I said, I graduated from USC in 2003, and um, I got s- some great opportunities right off the bat, and Access Hollywood was one of them. I was so green. I was so inexperienced, um, but I think I had some moxie, and I had some tenacity, and so they gave me a shot to be on the red carpet, and I think that I had some, you know, some raw talent, enough to get an agent who would represent me. And so once I'm on the red carpet with Jim Carrey at, you know, having just graduated college, I'm like, oh my God, I have arrived. (laughs) I have arrived. You know, I am just going to be the superstar that I know I was born to be. And certainly reality kicked in pretty quickly thereafter and people weren't calling me. (laughs) And I, you know, I called my agent and I'm like, what's going on? You know, I was on Access Hollywood and he said, you know, Christina, you need to get your master's degree in TV hosting. And I'm going to send you to San Antonio to host a show that is a lifestyle morning show. And it is on the job training one hour live every single morning, you being you, but learning how to anchor a TV show. And I thought, no, thanks. I'm in Hollywood. Thank you very much. I interview Jim Carrey and, um, and I can't go to San Antonio. And he said, just trust me. And I, uh, and so I went to San Antonio to visit. Uh, I loved the concept of the show where I got to be the, I got to be me. I got to be Christina 20 at that time, 24 year old Christina, who was, you know, spunky said things that I probably shouldn't have said, but it was morning and it was, we were having a great old time. And they gave me the freedom to just have fun. And we were able to take that morning show from 
number three in the ratings to for a local show, we did really well. It was number one sometimes. I think it's because it was very localized. Obviously, local TV does really well in, in, in local markets. But we had a really good time on that show. And we I think we brought some youth. We brought some fun. We didn't feel like we were talking even our, even though our, our jet, our audience was older, as we were always told, I'm like, people don't want to be told that they're old. People want to be entertained. They want to, you know, they want to feel like, you know, Hey, I'm talking to you. You're my friend. I don't care that you're 85 years old. You can come and have a dance party with me at 8am too. Um, <laughs> and we just had a really good time, but my agent, um, Ken Lindner was absolutely right. I needed, I needed a master's degree in, hosting live television. And it really gave me a foundation to learn my craft that I would never have done had I just been picking up little gig jobs here and there in Los Angeles. It was great on the job training. Well, and I know I know for a fact you guys had tremendous Nielsen ratings down there. That's why, you know, the company that I worked for ended up saying, hey, we want to actually model our own show after this, uh, what this girl's doing down in San Antonio. Did I see some tapes where you actually had a live audience some days? Some days we would, and it just kind of just depended on um, who was our guest that morning. If the guest <laughs> happened to be, you know, the the dance squad and all their parents showed up, then we might have a, a studio audience of 50 people, <laughs> which was always fun. But typically, no, it was just the guests that were in the in the audience. So you go on to host on E! for, I think, six years. Uh, you actually hosted a show with a, a former uh, Miss USA host, Terrence J. Um, talk <laughs> about your, your experience at E! and kind of how that helped you evolve into where you're at today? Well, yeah, after um, San Antonio and, and doing that show for three years, the promise that my head agent had made me was that, you know, if I if I followed through on this for three years, that he promised to bring me back to LA. And so he made good on that promise. I had met Annie Roberts, who was the, I believe she still is, Annie Roberts' is casting at E. I'd met her when I was in college and she was like, you know, I think Christina's really great, but she's really green and she needs to go out and learn her craft. And when I came back after three years, you know, they called up Annie and they said she is back in LA and she um, she's learned her craft. She's paid her dues. And so I got an opportunity to, you know, be on E! News. That was like the dream. I mean, it was, it was entertainment tonight. It was the wrong E, but it was still, it wasn't Was ET, it the it old Steve Kometko and uh, what was her name that used to be on there? It wasn't Steve Kometko, but Juliana was there and Ryan was there when I, okay. when I got there. Okay. At, you know, I was 26 at this point and I was like, how in the heck did my wildest dreams just come to fruition? And it was, um, it was very surreal and it was very jarring at times. There's no doubt about it. I, it was not always, you know, an easy road for me because the the success did come very early. And I don't know that I was quite ready for all of the pressure that all that entailed. And so I had to do a lot of work while I was there on, on myself and um, on my own confidence and my own abilities. You know, being in Hollywood will will definitely take its toll on, on your, on your psyche and bring out all of your insecurities for, you know, the whole world to see if, if they come out. And so there was a lot of, there was a lot of pressure for me having done that mainly because of where I come from. Now, way back when, you know, I grew up in a very, very poor family with a, you know, my mom was on welfare. My dad was an alcoholic and in, out of jail my whole life. And, um, you know, we, we were Mexican American and just didn't have a whole lot of anything. And so when I said that I was going to go out and be in Hollywood, everybody kind of was like, you know, that's not really for people like us. That's never going to happen. And so having 
come from that. And then now standing on set with Ryan Seacrest and Juliana Rancic and interviewing people like George Clooney, I was like, wait, how did that girl end up here? And are they going to find out that I'm not who I say I am. Of course I am all the while. I am the person that I am, but you know, all those insecurities certainly come up. And um, so I had to work on myself a lot, but it was the dream. It was the dream come true, you know, interviewing Julia Roberts and Sandra Bullock. And, you know, I went to Istanbul and was on the set of uh, a James Bond movie. And it was, I mean, I was at the Oscars and the Emmys, all of these things that I had dreamed of. And, and then here I was, I had, I had made it. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. I want to dive into that because there's, there's some really good stuff there. Number one, Hollywood is infamous and especially agents and agencies are infamous for telling you what you can't do. Right. And, you know, it sounds like you probably had a little bit of that as well. I've had it in my past. How did you overcome the stigma of what, just being told that you can't do something, regardless if you're Mexican-American or if you grew up poor or anything, just overcoming the fact that somebody said you can't do something. And you said, you know what? Yeah, I can. I always say that it's um, divinely intended. I always say that it was um, a gift from God that I didn't take any of the the things that people told me, whether it was family back home or, or, you know, agents or executive producers that says you can't, that said you can't do this. I, it really rolled off of me like nothing. I, it's, it's the most, cause I look at it now, I'm, I'm going to be 40 this year. And I'm like, who was that, that, you know, that tenacious 22 year old that said, if somebody's got to do it, then why can't it be me? I, I mean, I'm proud of her. <laughs> I don't know that I'm not, I could still be that same person, but um, I always say that it was just a, a God given gift that I was intended to do this line of work, that I was intended to realize my dreams. And because of that, um, all of that was able to just kind of roll off of me. Well, and having written a book about the industry, I looked back over your career. I mean, you have done a masterful job of how you've kind of graduated along the way up to where you're at now with the list. Um, and I know the agency you work with um, has something, you know, Ken Linder and Associates has something they call career choreography. Right. Uh, talk about how you've kind of embraced that mentality, I guess, as you've gone through your career as to how you're going to make one step and how that's going to turn into the next step and the next step. Well, it's interesting because now, I mean, of course I can see it back and, you know, I've been doing this now for 15, 20 years, if you consider what, when I was an intern, but, um, it, I can look back in hindsight and see how it's all kind of been choreographed from, you know, just getting my first break on Access Hollywood and thinking that I had arrived and being knocked down and realizing, nope, you have to learn your craft and getting sent to San Antonio and, you know, building my master's degree there, I like to call it. Um, in, in live television hosting and then going to, to E and, and then also never not feeling that that was the be all end all either. Right. That also might feel like, wow, I have made it. This is it. But here's what happened with me at E is that I was a correspondent and I certainly hosted, you know, when it was on set, but I was never going to be the quarterback of that show. And I wanted to be the quarterback of a show. And in order to be seen that way, I had to walk away from that opportunity and allow another opportunity to present itself. And that's kind of how I ended up at The List. So The List is a nationally syndicated show. It's produced out of Phoenix, which is insane to me that um, there is a syndicated show that is produced out of Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> no kidding. Not, you know, you've got Chicago or you've got New York or L.A., but here it is in, in, in Phoenix, Arizona. And they were looking for a host and it was everything that I wanted to do. I had done entertainment news for so long and really, really loved it, um, but was ready to take a, a step 
away from Hollywood and asking 12 year olds who they were dating. Cause I'm an adult woman <laughs> and I'm like, maybe I don't need to know that. Um, and so really wanted to get into the light, more of the lifestyle aspect of television. And so here is this job that is not looking for a correspondent is looking for a, a, the quarterback of a show. And I, and I took a leap and, and jumped and I'm having the time of my life. Well, you're defying the odds because number one, you're working on a syndicated national television show that is not, as you mentioned, produced in LA, which, you know, when I talk to hosts all across the country, that's one of the biggest issues that many of them have is I don't want to live in LA or New York. How do I become a big host? And it is, it's a challenging road, but you know, you're doing it right now in Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. I mean, I, if you would have told me this, I mean, I've been here now two and a half years. If you would have told me this three years ago that I would be doing a show in Phoenix, Arizona, I I would tell you that you were lying. (laughs) That was never going to happen. And, but you know, the, the, the game, the television, the syndicated game has, has changed tremendously. I mean, it's changed just in the last five years how people are syndicating shows and how they're selling shows. And, you know, especially with the rise of internet and YouTube and those kinds of shows and, you know, digital shows, but, um, it's not the same as it was even five or 10 years ago where you had to be produced out of a major production company out of LA or New York. So what made you want to kind of get out of LA? Was it just that the whole Hollywood, you know, feel of asking stupid questions all the time or? Um, yeah, you know, I had just, I had just had my son and I had, um, there was a couple of things. I had just had my son, which gave me great perspective. I felt like I had asked every single celebrity a question that maybe I wasn't really that interested in. Tell me about your hair color. Tell me about who you're dating. And, um, you know, it all seemed very petty and not, you know what it didn't, it, it wasn't organic anymore for me. It wasn't as exciting as I wanted it to be anymore. Um, because like I said, there's a lot that goes into it. People that don't want to talk to you, people, publicists that are mean to you, you know, celebrities that are just not kind. And I, I mean, this of course is the exception to the rule for the most part. It's a great time. But at that point in my life, I'm like, I've done this for six years. I'm not growing in my career. I'm, I'm a correspondent and I'm ready to, to grow and to be bigger. And so that is kind of why I walked away from that. So do you coexist a little bit in Phoenix and L.A. now? I mean, do you still go to L.A. to do a lot of shoots? Well, it's so interesting. I thought that I would be in L.A. all the time. I was like, well, you know, it's Phoenix is such a great opportunity and a great city because it's so close to, to, to L.A. We'll be back all the time. My husband's also in television production. And we find that we love the lifestyle that that Phoenix and Scottsdale affords us, that we don't really need to go back as often as as we thought we would. And, um, you know, the opportunities that I do go back for, you know, are I can hop on a plane and be there in 30 minutes if I need to. So let's talk about the list. It's obviously your big job right now. It's a, by the way, an Emmy award-winning show for those of you listening, not a regional Emmy award-winning show, a national Emmy award-winning show. There's actually two different types of Emmys. I don't think a lot of people know that. Um, you know, my wife and I were actually just scrolling through Hulu the other night and there it was. And I said, Oh, it's Christina. Let's take a watch. (laughs) So, uh, tell everybody about the show if they haven't seen it. And if they have, you know, they obviously just want to know it from your perspective. Yeah. So the list is a, um, as I said, it's a syndicated lifestyle show. We cover everything from tech to fashion, lots of food, lots of drinks. It's kind of, and, and we don't ever cover celebrities, which is, is, is also kind of another break because I know that we get inundated with like celebrity culture all the time. It's just kind of what you would, it's, it's, it's your favorite magazine, your favorite lifestyle magazine kind of put on the TV screen for you is kind of how I see it. So we, so today, for instance, we do a lot of pet segments. So today I'm going to go do DIY pet snacks. And then last week I did the best 
Nerf blasters on the market right now. And I've done, you know, the, the best fashion segment or the, the best fashion for 2019 that's coming out. So it kind of runs the gamut. Actually, this other segment that I just recently did was, um, if you were a president, which cocktail would you drink? So we went and met up with a bartender and he made us all of the former president's cocktails that they used to drink. So it's, um, it's just a lot of fun, a lot of personality. We don't take ourselves too seriously. And um, we hope that we can give some, some takeaway and at the very least that people can um, laugh with us, not at us. So it sounds like, uh, yeah, it sounds like Great Day San Antonio was probably really awesome training ground for what you do now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, because it's, uh, you and, and you, you get to meet all kinds of walks of life. I think, you know, that's the other thing about, um, you know, my natural inquisitiveness is that I can, you know, be genuinely interested in anything that George Clooney has to say <laughs> to, you know, being excited for, um, you know, the best cocktails that the presidents drank, you know, while they were in office, you know, so I, I just, I, I, you know, I just enjoy talking to people. You look, you're working in a national gig. Um, you're a recognized face. You're, you're doing awesome things in the business, but you mentioned something earlier that I'd like to dive into because I don't think a lot of people get a chance to hear a perspective from a host like yourself on this. And that is, you mentioned how Hollywood and just being on national television in general, you're going to face the good stuff, but you're also going to face a lot of the bad stuff. And it's going to tap into your insecurities and everything about you that, you know, you, you look at and think, God, this might be a weakness. How, when you first really went through that um, and had difficulty with it, did you handle it? Because I think, you know, in today's world with social media so brutal, oh, um, yeah. I, I, can, I can only imagine what it's like on a national level. How do you deal with it? And what, you know, I guess what advice would you have on how to deal with it? Gosh, that's such a great question because it's kind of taken all kinds of different iterations throughout this, the, the, the journey. So the very beginning, you know, I, I dealt with it probably in very, I don't want to get too heavy, but I, I will say that, you know, I, you know, went out a lot more. I drank a lot more. I, you know, I would kind of try to numb all of those feelings of insecurity. And then once that clearly didn't work, um, I went more into the spiritual realm. So a lot, I was doing a lot more yoga. I was doing a lot more working out, really kind of getting in my head and meditating, you know, to get out of my head, getting in my head to get out of my head. And then really what I found that has helped me the most is my faith and my belief in God. That has really, really changed my perspective on, on most things and feeling like if I'm good enough for God, I'm probably good enough for Hollywood. Did you ever feel like that perspective of, you know, really diving deep into your faith was challenged in Hollywood? Yeah, I do. I do believe it was. You know, I don't know that it was necessarily challenged. It wasn't like it wasn't cool. Right. Hollywood is cool. Oh, yeah. Hollywood is they don't think that Hollywood all. is fun. Like you're not thinking about like going to like going to church. What are you like 75 or, you know, I like that's not with God. That sounds like organized religion is so bleh. So there was nothing cool about it. So I don't even know that I, I necessarily thought of it as a as as an option. Because I wanted to be cool and I wanted to be hip. And so let me go do yoga and let me go, you know, run on a treadmill. That's going to, you know, that's going to, that's going to change everything. But it wasn't really until, um, and really it was just by, 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 and, and these things don't ever happen by coincidence, but my, I, my son was in preschool and he was at a Christian nursery school. And I said, well, yeah, I should just probably go check out this church because it's at a Christian nursery school, not ha did not have any interest in, in being a part of a church or learning about God. And um, that moment kind of um, was a divine moment for me that really kind of was like, wait a second, this, I think this is probably what I need to, to heal a lot of my insecurities and a lot of the yuck that, that a lot of us feel, not feeling like we're good enough, whether it's television or 
or anything, being a good mom or being, you know, a good husband or, or a good wife or, or a good TV personality, all that stuff, you know, kind of lives within us all. And so for me, I just found that, that deep digging deep into my faith, um, has really kind of taken me out of, out of that place. Well, that's really great that you say that. And, and speaking of faith in Hollywood, I don't know if you remember right outside of the Access Hollywood NBC studios there, if you took a right going out of the gate there, there's a church right down the street. I don't know if you remember seeing it or not. I actually mm. went to that church a couple of times, Midwest guy coming from St. Louis, you know, church going boy. Yeah. I, wa- I walked in, seven people. In right. The, <laughs> seven, seven people in the church. I'm like, it, did I come at the wrong time? And they're like, no, no, come on in. And I'm like, no, yeah, welcome, welcome. Yeah, no, I just, I just really didn't find that it was a priority. And, and I, and I mean, I, su- I suppose everybody makes it their own priority. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't my priority. Um, I would much rather be drinking champagne at brunch in Hollywood on a Sunday than, you know, necessarily being at church. But for me, as I've gotten older, um, I've really just kind of found that that is my, that's my, that's my safe place. Well, that's really cool. And I know a lot of the people listening will very much appreciate that. Uh, So let's talk a little bit about another side of your career. Outside of hosting, you do some producing and narrating for ESPN Films. You've done a documentary for uh, Eva Longoria, Go Sebastian Go. And then um, I read about the short form documentary called The History of the Sports Bra. There's a good one. (laughs) Tell me about how you got into that part. Well, my husband, as I said, is also a, a producer and director. He owns a production company, and he um, has worked with Eva on many different projects. And she called him up one day and said, hey, I'm doing these really cool projects with ESPN, really taking um, a look at uh, moments in sports that don't necessarily have anything to do with sports, but that were very culturally relevant. And so um, the first one, Go Sebastian Go, is a fantastic documentary about a little boy who um, is a very talented mariachi in San Antonio and was asked to perform the national anthem at one of the um, NBA finals games and was just completely um, later online attacked for, you know, because he is Mexican he's Mexican American. And so we went in to tell about the story of how the San Antonio Spurs and and the president, uh, President Barack Obama, and really the whole country rallied around this kid. So it was just, it ended up being a, an amazing feel good story. And it went so well that they said, hey, we would love to do another documentary. And so my husband, you know, was executive producing this documentary about the history of the sports bra. <laughs> and he thought, who do I know that wears a sports bra every day? Christina, can you come on board to be a producer? And this is the great thing about how things come full circle. You know, when I was first starting out before I became a, became on camera, I was producing and writing and paying attention. And so when these opportunities kind of presented themselves, like, I was like, yeah, I know how to produce. I know how to write. I know how to tell a great story. And so my, my ideas and my theory about if I can be great behind the camera, I can be great in front of the camera kind of came true because then I was like, well, now I'm back being great behind the camera and I'm really good at it. So I had, you know, I had both, both those kind of in my wheelhouse, which was really cool. So, um, it was just, it kind of took me after I left E, I was kind of just looking for my, my, my next project. These things kind of fell in my lap and I was able to produce on them, which was really, really cool. Well, narrating that documentary must've been fun. Let's talk about the sports bra. It was so fun. (laughs) Well, when you say it, Mine is more like, let's talk about the sports bra. <laughs> <laughs> See, had you narrated it, it would have been a much different documentary, I think. I'll just do the open on it and we'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so you've actually uh, gone on television and in movies to play basically what you do as a career. I believe you were on Code Black as a uh, TV correspondent. And then you were in the movie Steve Jobs as some yeah. sort of field reporter. Talk about what it's like to play uh, really yourself. 
It's As actually harder. It's actually are hard. <laughs> it's not that easy, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, I'm more of a, you know, the way I'm, the way I host and the way I do my job is, is kind of off the cuff in the moment. You know, the things that I say, you, you know, just kind of come out organically and very naturally. But when you're doing a movie and you're playing a reporter and you have to memorize lines, I was like, well, I don't even memorize my own lines in my real life. How am I going to memorize these lines? <laughs> Memorizing lines is not my forte. I'm, I'm like, can we maybe just, this could be a little bit more loose, like talk showy. No, I don't say that, but um, it's not, it's certainly not that easy, but it's certainly one of the perks of what I do. And, and when I was in Hollywood, I feel like I, I actually just did another one for a TV show um, that I was able to do remotely. But um, when you're in Hollywood and, and, you know, when productions are looking for reporters, usually they'll go for an actor to play a reporter or whatever. They'll usually go to real reporters. So I've been able to kind of uh, do that a little bit, which is which is always fun to be on a big set and, and action and directors and, and extras and movie stars and stuff, which has been pretty cool. Well, that's really cool. So you are a mom now. Uh, you have a husband yes. and your son, Mateo, and you, I believe you have a dog. Um, talk about life as a family woman uh, being a host as opposed to when you were that go-getter, young, spunky kid that just wanted to get into hosting. Well, it's funny. I'm, um, I, I mean, and, I, and I've said this many times before, motherhood was never in my plan, never in my life plan. I had always been very career-driven. I had always thought, you know, I can't really have a family because if at the drop out of a hat, I need to go to Good Morning America because I'm going to report on the Academy Awards and I need to be ready to go. <laughs> um, I think most hosts think like that. Right. Exactly. I'm like, I can't have family and babies holding me back from all the things that I meant to do in my my career. And, um, and man, did that just turn itself on its head when I had Mateo, who just has brought the most joy to my life. And Doesn't it change um, your life? In, in the, and it's so, so funny because I talk to young girls a, a lot and they're just like, well, I don't want to get married. And I'm like, oh, I know. And you don't have kids. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, but it's the, it's given me a depth and an empathy that I have never known before. And that makes me a better host. So I'm not saying like, oh, I had a baby so I could become a better host. That's not what I'm saying. But I mean, I think that I was a, a, a fine host before, but what it has given me, being a mother, what that has given me has given me a greater depth that I would never have known otherwise. And I think that makes me a better host and a better person to listen to a story and ask questions and feel and know where somebody else is coming from. Well, tell me if this sounds right, because I, I, I have a little nine-month-old girl upstairs. And, awesome. you know, I, I've been a host for a long time, too. And I think the one thing that it did for me is that, you know, what your, your passion and your drive used to be about oh, interviewing celebrities and being right. on TV and being nationally recognized and being that face that everybody knows. And now you have this whole new organic passion that is right here at home. Yeah. And it's all that matters to you. And all you want to do is take care of them, make them proud of you, be their hero and just raise them well and, and do everything that, you know, makes them proud of you. And I just it's it is it's changed everything. It's true. There's truly no place that I would would rather be. Now, I do I, I do I absolutely feel blessed that I get to do both. Absolutely. But my priority um, and the thing that makes my heart beat is is my son, Mateo. Well, one more question before we jump into our speed round. So you're Ooh, do, okay. you're doing some pretty big things here. What is your dream job if you aren't already doing it? Gosh, that's such an interesting question. I would say um, I would love to. Um, gosh, I don't know. <laughs> Wait, did, did we start our speed round yet? No. Okay, good. I was like, 
no, no, take I'm your really time. No. no, take your time on this one. I, you know what? I don't know what the dream job is. There was a time where I always knew that the dream job was to be on a red carpet and to, you know, interview celebrities. And I achieved that dream. And now I'm in a place in my life that there are so many things that I would love to do, but I'm in a place of receiving and letting God tell me where, where I need to go next. So, I mean, to say like, uh, yes, would I love to be on Good Morning America? Absolutely. Is that my path? I don't know. Maybe. Would I love to sell a TV show, a scripted TV show and, you know, have it win a, a Golden Globe? Absolutely. Is that my path? Is that where I'm headed? I don't know. And so now I'm in a place where I'm so excited about what's next, but that I can't even, I can't even fathom what, what it could possibly be at this point. Well, I love that you're taking the divine guidance on that one. That is awesome. So just keep Absolutely. doing that. I, I know I know that'll lead you to the right place. All right, now oh, it's time now for is... the <laughs> rapid right. fire get to know you game show question. So right, again, yeah, this my... is totally fun. Don't okay. don't you don't need to be serious at all here. Just have some fun with it. Okay. There are ten questions. Are you ready? I'm re- I got my tennis shoes on. I am ready for rapid fire. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. Number one. Would you rather wake up to an air horn blowing in your ear every day or wake up and have to run four miles every day? Run four miles. Really? But you got your tennis shoes on. I know. That's why, that's why I, isn't, wouldn't, would I rather? I would rather wake up and go to, right? Isn't that, is that how it goes? That's, that's, the, that's how it goes. Okay, okay, okay so it. we'll take yeah. that. All right, number okay. two. What is your favorite clothing brand if you had to choose one? Target. Target. Oh, that's surprising. Wow. Uh, I know. Is that what do your agents think of that? I know I love shopping at Target. It's embarrassing. <laughs> all right. All right. Number 3. Here we go. Dark chocolate or milk chocolate? Milk chocolate. Man, you're fast on these. These are fantastic. Okay. Uh, number 4. Say something cool. Something cool? <laughs> Like what? What's what's something cool to you? Well, you just said say something cool, so I, I said. I know you say, said it like you literally said something cool, you, but I want you to say something cool like you're cool. Like I think I'm oh, pretty cool. Okay. Oh, this is what I always say, and I don't know that it's cool, but I say it anyway. But I'll say, oh, that's dope. <laughs> I, I love that's perfect. That's perfect. That's okay. so dope. Yeah. Number five, polka dots or stripes? Ooh, polka dots. Polka dots. Number six, would you go to a movie alone? Yes, absolutely, 100%. And have you? Yes, absolutely, 100%. Also, I'm a mom. I will go anywhere (laughs) where I can have some alone time. (laughs) I love it. Number seven, are tomatoes a fruit or vegetable? Ooh, they are fruit. I think that's correct. I don't actually My son told me that. My five-year-old. We need to to go back to kindergarten (laughs) to figure that one out. Uh, Number eight, off the record, have you ever stolen anything? Just my husband's heart. Oh, that's such a good and cheesy answer at the same time. I love it. We'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, number nine. If you were given the opportunity to fly into space given today's technology, would you do it? No, I don't like roller coasters. So you're not going to take up Jeff Bezos on his new, you know, space program that he's trying to get going? You know what? If, if given the opportunity, I'm one of those people who probably who would absolutely do it without thinking about it. And then once I'm up there, I'm like, what in the heck am I doing? You know what I mean? Like I went I went uh, I went mountain biking one time and I saw these mountain bikers up on the mountain. And I was like, I want to go do that. And then realized by the time I got to the top, I don't really know how to ride a mountain bike. Well, that, 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 yeah, that's kind of a prerequisite. I'm I'm just one of those people who jumps in without jumps into the water and then once I'm in there realizes I can't swim. Like I'm that kind of person. Okay. So no no space flight for Christina. Yeah, I mean All I right. probably would say yes because it would be a once in a lifetime opportunity. You know what? I'm going to change my answer. I would do it. You would do it. Okay, yeah. so we're changing that answer. Number ten. I have a qualifier question before we go. Do you journal? Yes. Okay, so if you journal, 
Paper or computer? Paper. Why? Uh, it just seems more personal to me. It seems more personal to me. I also have really nice penmanship. <laughs> <laughs> so it's that nostalgic thing that you want to be able to open it up when you're 80 and say, hey, 40 years ago I wrote this. Well, let's take a look at what I wrote and what it sounded like. I have, the first time I journaled, I was leaving for California to go and realize my dreams of being on TV. And I still have that journal in my penmanship um, <laughs> that said, I'm going to LA and nobody thinks I can do it, but I'm going to do it or I'm going to die trying. Gosh, so I if- had so much moxie. If you have great penmanship, do you do thank you notes to everybody that you interview? Not to everybody I interview, but I definitely do thank you notes. Okay, very good. Very good. Well, guess what? You're off the hot seat. Nice job. That was uh, probably one of the fast. Between you and Allie Landry, I don't know who was faster, but that was really good. Well, it's so funny because you well, you said rapid fire, so I take these things very literally. <laughs> You're like, no, 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 let's go, 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 go. <laughs> oh, was it supposed to be more of a conversation? <laughs> no, 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 that was perfect. I, you know, everybody kind of has their own tone and energy and, and pace about it. So I love I love when somebody takes it really fast and serious. I ma- I imagined like a like a, a clock <laughs> counting down, and I was running out of time. <laughs> well, actually, for for those listening, they probably don't know this. I actually edit in game show music over oh, this, <laughs> but when we record it, you can't hear it. So that's the funny thing. So very got good. it. Oh, how fun! Well, hey. You're awesome. I love your energy. I love your style, your character. I love what you're doing with the list. And uh, it's been such an honor and uh, and a joy to, uh, to interview you today. And I appreciate you coming on and sharing all that you shared. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And like, who knows, maybe we'll end up working together one day. I, I have a feeling we're going to co-host. I, yeah. I'm, I'm just calling that out right now. I'm just going to put it out there. All the things that we could co-host. I'm so intrigued. Let's talk. <laughs> all right, Tim. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to today's episode, everybody, and to Christina Guerrero for her time. And if you want to learn more about Christina, go to IamChristinaGuerrero.com, or you can follow her on Instagram at Christina Guerrero. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, everybody. And if you wouldn't mind, please subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, the podcast app, Google Play, YouTube. Or, of course, you can just go to LifeAfterTheCrown.com. And for weekly podcast updates, just follow me on Instagram at Tim Tialdo. Until next time, remember the words of 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. Don't be concerned about the outward beauty of fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, or beautiful clothes. You should clothe yourselves instead with the beauty that comes from within, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. Have a great week, everybody. Music